into the word of the Lord today, and if you want to stand, you're more than welcome to stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. We're reading from uh, the book of Matthew, and uh, we're going to be reading from the fifth chapter, the book of Matthew and the fifth chapter, and, um, and I want to read from one verse of scripture, this great passage of scripture that comes to us from a very uh, significant portion of Scripture. This is the Sermon on the Mount. These are the words of our Lord and Savior, words that, that can strengthen families and can strengthen communities and nations. Amen. Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to read verse 6. Before I read, let me welcome all of our guests to First Apostolic Church. God bless you. We're honored to have you here. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We're just so, so grateful to have you with us this morning. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. By the help of the Holy Ghost this morning, I would like to preach this message to you, spiritual hunger, spiritual hunger. Could we lift our voices once more in prayer unto the Lord? Oh God, we love you and praise your name. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray today as we endeavor to know you in a deeper way that you will minister to each and every individual that's in this house. Oh, God, by the power of the Holy Ghost, move upon every need that's represented in this building. I pray in Jesus' name that your word would have free course. Hallelujah. Have free course. Lord, let me preach with an anointing your word. I pray, Lord, that as your word goes forth, it would accomplish that where to it is sent. Lord, I know your word will not return void. And we claim every promise of God and stand upon it today in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. You know, I, I take to the pulpit about this time every uh, Sunday morning. And sometimes people have had breakfast. Sometimes they've grabbed a quick pastry on the way out of the house. Sometimes they've, they've grabbed a quick pastry through Dunkin' Donuts drive through other times they fix themselves a bowl of cereal or maybe they've got uh, up early enough that they've created a, a more substantial breakfast and they're just satisfied. But a lot of times people are hungry right about now. <laughs> and they know that I'm the only thing that stands between them. <laughs> Amen. I think some people start shouting just so I'll go ahead and quit. And, you know <laughs> hoping that I'll, amen, that if I think that they've received the message, that maybe I'll get the message, and then they're ready to go on. 
So hunger, hunger has a unique uh, effect upon the human body. And we're all familiar with hunger pains. Uh, we're familiar with what it's like to be hungry. And, and so it's, it's not terribly uh, uncommon uh, for us to begin to feel that way halfway through the day. If you've gone without eating for some period of time, you begin to feel it. Your body will begin to tell you, hey, I'm ready now. You have done your work. You've had your fun. And, uh, and I need you to go ahead and make sure that I receive the nourishment that I, I need. And, and so it, it, it will make people do crazy things. It will make people act in a crazy way. And You've heard the term hungry and you've heard the term hangry. Uh, hangry is a combination of hungry and angry. And, uh, and a little more to the angry side. And you don't even know what's wrong. I mean, they can be Holy Ghost filled. <laughs> have the fruit of the Spirit flowing and operating in their life. Loving their family, loving their friends and neighbors, loving their neighbor as themselves. But when anger gets a hold of somebody, amen. Anger has a way of, of, of subjecting people to irritability. And so you got to take care of that. And the way you take care of that is by rebuilding your sugar levels and rebuilding your, your, uh, the chemistry of your body through nourishment. God designed your body to require food so that he could teach us in the visible about the invisible. Uh, you don't need to go grocery shopping while you're hungry. Anybody ever gone grocery shopping while you're hungry? And don't go to Costco or Sam's Club grocery shopping when you're hungry. My Lord, have mercy. You learned that lesson once. You end up, if you go grocery shopping when you're hungry, you end up buying things you don't need. You end up buying things that aren't good for you. you loading up with Hostess donuts and Intamins, cakes and and uh, candy bars, and all because your body is hungry and will devour anything, whether it's good for you or whether it's bad for you. And, and, and furthermore, it'll cost you more than you intended to pay. And, uh, and natural hunger gives us a glimpse into spiritual hunger. We understand things of a spiritual nature by seeing those things that are in the visible. And so it is so that spiritual hunger is, is really uh, one that operates in this same way. For instance, you don't, want to, you don't want to just start devouring anything and everything in a spiritual sense. One, it'll cost you more than you intended to pay. And you'll end up eating things that aren't good for you, and you'll end up eating things that aren't uh, things that you need. And, and you will... You will cause yourself to do things that, that you normally wouldn't do. Now, if you don't eat, you will face a myriad of health problems. So it's important that your body receives the nourishment that it requires. Because without that food, you lose your energy. And you lose your muscle. And you lose your strength. And ultimately, you will lose your health. You have to feed your body. And you have to feed it the right stuff. And so God gave us this, this understanding of a natural so that we could understand the spiritual. 
And uh, we really don't fully comprehend what it's like to be hungry. Let's just be really honest. We don't understand what it's like to really be hungry. I had an experience uh, the other day where that I was, I was traveling and I, I was about uh, an hour and a half into the direction I needed to go. And I decided I would go ahead and put fuel in the car. Now, thankfully, I didn't wait until the gas light was blazing and blaring and telling me, pull over now or, or you're going to get to a really desperate point. Thankfully, I stopped to fill up when I had a little bit of gas in the tank because when I stopped to fill up, I realized I didn't have my wallet with me. And I thought, well, it's got to be here somewhere. And I began to search every known compartment on my person and in the automobile, and it was nowhere to be found. I had left it somewhere. Thank God for good, honest people who found it and turned it in, and, and I was able to locate it later. But, but I had to turn around because I didn't have enough fuel to get where I was going and then back home. And on the way back home, I started getting hungry. And I couldn't, I couldn't stop thinking about food and candy bars. And, and I thought, man, a Snickers, I was turning into a diva. And I was like, a Snickers would be good right about, right about now. And I, and I just, it was just starting to overwhelm me. And I realized I couldn't stop and get a Snicker bar if I wanted to stop and get a Snicker bar. I don't have, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at everybody's mercy. I'd have to stop the car and walk in and ask somebody, would you mind getting me a Snicker bar? <laughs> and hope that they would be in the mood to bless somebody. And, I, and so for just that period of time, that little trek back home, I, I began to consider how blessed I am. That I'm not in that position where that, where that I have to wonder where my next meal is going to come from. I'm not in that position where I have to wonder how in the world I'm going to feed my family. So I don't really know what it's like to be hungry. Hungry is when you need food and you can't get food. Hungry is when you are desperate and there is no hope of satisfaction. And ladies and gentlemen, there are people all across our world who face that kind of hunger. While we were in Paris, France, Brother and Sister Dixon uh, were taking us to a couple of beautiful spots and we were able to travel down to Champs-Élysées, Arc du Triomphe, and uh, one of the most magnificent streets in the world. And, and the opulence on that street alone is just unfathomable. And, and we were walking down the street and passing these magnificent stores that, that the very wealthy of the world come in and shop the Louis Vuitton store don't, won't even let people in without checking their credit card first. Making sure they have a reason to be here. And so outside the Louis Vuitton store, we're walking by and there's a family from Syria who has fled that war-torn country. And there's a man and his wife and their small children and they're covered up in a blanket. And they're just... They're just hoping somebody will give them some food to eat. They can't work because they're not citizens and they're at the mercy of the passersby. 
And they're sitting next to a restaurant where people are probably spending 200 euro on the meal for three people sitting at the table. And I thought to myself, I don't know, I don't have any idea what hunger really is. My idea of hunger is what am I in the mood for today? I don't have much time. Is it Chick-fil-A? Or is it Chipotle? That's my idea of hunger. That's your idea of hunger. We don't really understand what it's like for your body to be crying out in need of some kind of a nourishment. And, and yet there are people all over our world who are deeply impoverished and in desperate need of food and are severely hungry. And so it's, it's, it's the natural hunger gives us an idea of what it's like in the spiritual sense because there is a stark reality, ladies and gentlemen, of spiritual hunger and spiritual famine that exists in our world. Hallelujah. And, and the, the Bible describes to us that, that there, is a, there is a place. There is a place called heaven. John the Revelator described this place. In fact, he described that he had a vision. And the whole book of Revelation is a vision. He, he said that in this vision he was speaking to a man. And, and there were angels on the four corners of the earth. And, and they, were, they were doing the work of the Lord and the ministry of the Lord. And, and he was beholding this vision. And, and he saw the Lord seal up the 12,000 in each tribe of the children of Israel. And there, there's a lot of spiritual symbolism in this book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. And, uh, and he described how that at, at one point he beheld a great multitude which no man could number. And they came from all nations and they came from all kindreds and they came from all people and tongues and they stood before the Lord. They stood before the, the throne and they were clothed with white robes and they had palms in their hands. And they cried with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb and all the angels that stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts, they fell before the throne on their faces and they worshiped God on their faces. And they were saying things like, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered and said unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And he said to the elder, Sir, only you know what these are. And the elder responded by saying, These are they which came out of great tribulation. And they have washed their robes, and they have made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God, and they serve God day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth upon the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more. 
they shall thirst no more. Neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living waters. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my distinct honor, my great privilege, the humble, hallelujah, feeling that comes upon a preacher of the gospel that has the opportunity to stand behind a desk and tell the world that there is a place where people will hunger no more, where people will thirst no more. Where people will live with light all around them, but not have the ultraviolet radiation of the sun beating down on them. They don't have to worry about skin cancer in this place. They don't have to worry about heat. They don't have to worry about flames, infernos. All they do is serve God. God day and night and go in and out among good pasture and then led by the Lamb of God unto a fountain of living waters. Hallelujah. There literally is a place where you'll hunger no more and you'll thirst no more where you'll never you'll never have to wonder where your food will come from again this is a reality and this hallelujah is why we serve the lord with all of our hearts because our hope is not built upon this world and what this world can offer our hope is in that blessed place our hope is in that promised land Jesus described this as one matter of fact one of the places in the scripture describes Jesus was in the temple and while he was in the temple he was he was at the feast he was at the feast of the Lord and uh, and as he was watching the feast take place and everybody was enjoying themselves at the feast he began to consider Consider that all of these people are partaking of this natural feast, but none of them understand that this natural feast represents a spiritual truth. And so they're indulging in this feast, but this feast is representing something far greater than just meat and drink and he couldn't take it anymore and he stood up in the middle of that feast and he cried with a loud voice he that cometh to me shall never hunger and he that believeth on me shall never thirst hallelujah you go ahead you go ahead and partake of this feast but you need to understand that what I offer here today is something that is far greater than any meat you could put in your body what I offer here today is far greater than any drink that you would take to quench your natural thirst you've got to believe on me and you'll never thirst again you've got to come unto me and you'll never hunger again the scripture says that Jesus came to a well and the Bible says that he passed through Samaria he and his disciples he sent his disciples on and when he, when he sent them on they uh, went to get lunch they went I don't know where they went in fact he sent all 12 of them to go get lunch the reason he sent all 12 of them to go get lunch it didn't take that many people to get lunch 
he said, y'all go on to Chick-fil-A and, and you six go to Chick-fil-A, you six go to Chipotle and bring back lunch. And they all went to get lunch. The reason he sent them out was because there was a woman who was going to come by the well that day. And those 12 would have prevented Jesus from doing the work he needed to do in this woman's life. See, a lot of times religious people mess up what God is trying to do in people's lives. Hallelujah. We really, listen, we really have to be careful. We've got to make sure that we, even in our best of intentions, that we're not one of those people that stop Jesus from doing what he's trying to do. These disciples would have become so caught up in, in, in what this looked like. And why would he be affiliating with a Samaritan woman? And you say, how do you know they would have? Because they did it all the time stood back and thought to themselves criticizing Jesus if he knew what kind of woman this was he wouldn't let her wash his feet with her hair so Jesus said I'm not even going to deal with that right now you go on go get lunch go get lunch hurry the lines are long amen they're long it's noon you better get there quick you'll be in that drive through all day so they all go scurrying off to go get lunch and bring lunch back. And Jesus meets this woman at the well in Samaria. And he looks to her and says, can you give me water to drink? And, and, and she said, she said I, I'll, I'll give you uh, water to drink. He said, if you knew who was talking to you, you'd ask me for water. She said, well, well now why is that? I'm surprised you're even talking to me. You're Jewish. I'm Samaritan. He said, because the water I give is a different kind of water. The water that I give is water that when people drink of this water, they shall never thirst again. Oh, hallelujah. Because the water that I offer doesn't come from this well. The water that I offer comes, hallelujah, from a heavenly source and it quenches the thirst. Hallelujah. You hear what I'm saying? Because just as the natural body requires food and just as the natural body requires water, so do the invisible parts of you require nourishment and require replenishment. The soul and the spirit of every human being is in desperate need of satisfaction. Hallelujah. And there will be many sources all over this world that will try to give you something for the satisfaction of your soul. But you hear this preacher this morning, only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Only he can give you peace. Only he can make you whole. He'll give you peace and comfort too. Sweet love and joy. Hallelujah. He'll do it in the name of Jesus. He said, if you knew who, was, who you were talking to, you'd ask me for something to drink. Because the water that I have is water that you can drink and never thirst again. Hallelujah. It's like sitting together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And you're drinking of a source, hallelujah, that comes from a heavenly place. And, and it's not coming from this world. And it's not coming from the principalities of this world. And there are all kinds of places. They got the most beautiful packaging. Oh, my goodness. You look at the packaging of that water, and it's got these Swiss Alps. Oh, 
Isn't that magnificent? It's the purest, most pristine water. Just don't go trying to locate the source of that water because you're going to find some rusty old warehouse, <laughs> some nasty old faucet pouring out all this. You know, have you ever tried to spell Evian backward? E, let's see, they try to do this now. E, no, no, N. I'm getting there. N-A-I-V-E. Evian. It's naive. It's almost like everybody who buys Evian, they're kind of laughing at us every time we buy it. Because when we, it, it literally says naive on the bottle. That's the way the world is. The world will paint the most beautiful, pristine picture of what it's trying to feed you, of what it's trying to put into your soul, of what it's trying to put into your spirit. Hey, don't believe the lies this world is pushing on you. You better stick to the source who created the water that we drink. You better go to the God of heaven from whom every blessing comes, every good. And every perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights, in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Hallelujah. There is a place where people don't hunger, where people don't thirst, where they don't have to wonder where their food's going to come from. That's where we're trying to go. Our hope isn't in this world. Our hope is in that place. Our hope is in Jesus Christ who leads us to that place. The Lamb shall lead them to a fountain of living waters. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus took the, the people with him for three days into the wilderness and he taught them for three whole days he taught them the word of the Lord and they didn't eat for three days folks that's supernatural because y'all are already like looking at your watch and don't worry Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays I know you forgot I know you forgot I know you forgot and I'm, I, you know, I'm always so happy Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday. That just means a lot. Chick-fil-A honors God. They're, gonna, they're not going to be open on Sundays. They're going to let all their employees go to church. I think that's beautiful. I think that's beautiful until Sunday rolls around. And then I'm like, why is Chick-fil-A closed on Sunday? But for three days, these people sat there and listened to the teaching of Jesus. You let a service creep past an hour and a half long, and people are going to have a problem. In 2017, these folks sat for three days while Jesus was teaching, and they hung on every word. But it was supernatural. You see, the disciples asked Jesus, because they saw Jesus go a little while without eating one time, and they said, aren't you hungry? And Jesus said, I've got meat you know not of. I'm eating something you're not familiar with. I'm eating a bread from heaven. And so God was supernaturally satisfying these people while they were in kind of a suspended place of his presence. But then the teaching stopped. And they're about to go home. And everybody got hungry. And the disciples said, we can't send these people home. They'll faint along the way. What are we going to do? Jesus said, well, what do we got? They said, well, Chick-fil-A is closed. 
He said, well, do we have anything here? And they said, we got this little kid over here who has five loaves and two fishes. Jesus said, bring me the five loaves and the two fishes. Hallelujah. And if you know the story, then you can go ahead and shout right now. Hallelujah. Because Jesus took those five loaves and he took those two fishes and he blessed them. I said he blessed them. And what God blesses and what God breaks, God multiplies and he fed the multitude. He did that another time. He would bless it and break it and multiply it. I don't know how to explain it, but I know there's a place where we don't hunger anymore and we don't thirst anymore. The Bible says that that the prophet Elijah was fed by the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord. Elijah was so beat down. He was so knocked around by Queen Jezebel. She had put a bounty on his head. She was going to kill this man of God. And Elijah was fleeing for his life. And God loved Elijah. And he was going to protect Elijah. And Elijah went and hid out. And he was scared for his life. And the Bible says that the angel of the Lord came down. And gave him food. Elijah would literally wake up. And there would be food next to him. And he ate the food. And the Bible says that he ate that food one last time. And went in the strength of that meat. For 40 days and for 40 nights. And he didn't hunger while he went in the strength of that meat for 40 days and for 40 nights. The Bible says that Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. He was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. See, I've seen people try to fast 40 days and 40 nights and hurt themselves. But when these men did it, they were in a supernatural place. They were operating in a miraculous act of God. And Jesus went 40 days and 40 nights. The Bible Bible says that the devil tempted him in the wilderness. He was tempted while he was in the wilderness and that when the when he overcame the temptation, when he resisted the devil and the devil fleed from him. The Bible says that afterward Jesus hungered. And the angels came like they did with Elijah and they ministered to him. Hallelujah. There is a place where we can hunger no more. There is a place where we can thirst no more. That's where we're trying to go in the name of Jesus. That's where my hope is built. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can take this whole world, but give me Jesus. I said you can take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Hallelujah. So, so how do you get a hold of this? First of all, you got to understand, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. That's a promise of God. I want to say that again. That's a promise of God. This isn't just some cute little proverb that I'm sharing with you. This isn't just some little cliche, some little, some little collection of wise sayings from Jesus the sage. These, this is the word of God from Jesus the Messiah. This is the promise of the Lord for your life. If you will hunger and thirst after 
righteousness, then you shall be filled. If you're hunger and thirst after righteousness, then you will come to that place where you'll hunger no more and you'll thirst no more. Now there's a lot of things to hunger after. There are a lot of things to thirst after in this world. There are a lot of things that you can put your, put your faith in. A lot of things you can trust in. There's a lot of things that are competing for your devotion, for your dedication, for your consecration, for your worship. But you hear me, if you hunger and thirst after anything but righteousness, you'll stay hungry and you'll stay thirsty. Hallelujah. Drink water. Don't drink Coke. Coke will dehydrate you. It will, it literally, I mean, you can, you can look in your convenience store and there's spiritual lessons all across the shelves. The Coca-Cola will actually dehydrate you. There's so much salt loaded into that stuff. There's so many chemicals loaded into that stuff that your body is literally being dehydrated as you drink it. It's just like the devil. The more you drink it down, the thirstier you get. That stuff, that, 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 that fake stuff that you put into your mouth to eat, it turns into sugar. They do it for profit. They do it to gain money. You hear what I'm preaching to you? It's just like the devil. He feeds you a bill of goods. You consume it, and you're hungrier than when you ate it. You drink it, and you're thirstier than when you drank it. But if you hunger and thirst after righteousness you shall be filled I said you shall be filled just as the body gets hungry and requires food the invisible parts of you are so hungry they are starving This world is full of starving people who are spiritually starving. That's why they run headlong into drugs. Their soul is starving. That's why they run headlong into unhealthy relationships. That Let's call them unbiblical relationships. We call them unhealthy, but they're unbiblical relationships. And they run headlong into unbiblical relationships because the spirit is hungry. Because their soul is thirsty. That ungodly relationship is going to leave you thirsty. That drug, that alcohol, that nicotine... That chemical you're putting into your body, it's going to make you hungrier than when you smoked it. Thirstier than when you drank it. Can I preach to somebody? I don't condemn you. No, 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 no. I do not condemn you. But I do give you a message of hope that Jesus saves, Jesus delivers, and Jesus sets the captive free. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Hey, let me tell you something. You know who's shouting? The folks that are shouting are those that he delivered from alcohol addiction. The folks that are shouting are the ones he delivered from nicotine addiction. The folks that are clapping and lifting their voice are the ones that he broke the chains, where he broke the bondage. Hallelujah. That's why they're saying, 
preach, preacher. Amen, preacher. That's right, preacher. He said, Jesus saves. Who saves? Jesus saves. Who saves? Jesus saves. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. You know, Pentecostals, Pentecostals get a bad rap. Apostolic Pentecostals get a bad rap. We get criticized sometimes because we clap. We get criticized because we wave our arms. We get criticized because we dance. We jump up and down. They actually say sometimes that it's just crazy, kind of weird. Now, they don't, it's perfectly normal for people to do it at a Justin Bieber concert. They can faint when he walks out onto the stage. That's normal stuff. And it's perfectly normal if the Bengals win a playoff game. Which I will admit, that would be miraculous. That would be You might have a point there. See, see, at, at, the, at the football stadium, at the basketball arena, at the concert, they're doing everything that the book of Psalms commands the believer to do. Shouting, dancing, leaping, singing. Sorry, I'm not going to do that for anybody but Jesus. That's who gets my praise. That's who gets my worship. Because he brought me out without a doubt. He saved my soul and he made me whole. Listen, hunger and thirst after righteousness. You've got spiritual hunger. This world is full of people with spiritual hunger. But it's important that you hunger after the right thing. There's only one thing that will fill you, that will satisfy you. Hallelujah, that will make you whole. Hallelujah. And, and, and make sure, you know, make sure. Listen, don't eat a bunch of junk on your way to the dinner table. Didn't your mama teach you anything? My mother would get on to me, find me with my hand in the cookie jar. Dinner's in two hours. Two hours? You're gonna spoil your appetite. Dinner's in seven hours. What are you doing? But we do that. We, we waste our appetite on junk. 
over there nibbling on bitterness. Driving in your car, snacking on carnality. Bunch of junk going into your system. Just, just feeding on lust here and a little bit of lust there. Nibbling, nibbling, nibbling on how much you can't stand somebody. Snacking on how bad they hurt you. Snacking on how much you wish something bad would happen to them. You're wasting your spiritual appetite on stuff that'll leave you hungry or damaged, thirsty or diseased. You need to wait and eat that good food. Eat that righteousness. Get a hold of the good things of God. Hallelujah. Brother Dan Wilson. Brother Dan Wilson and I went to Indianapolis, Indiana, and uh, I said, listen, I know where we're going to go for, for dinner. He said, where's that? I said, place called Shapiro's. It's a family favorite. Amen. I've got some of my earliest childhood memories are at Shapiro's. And I, you know, this is amazing, y'all. Don't tell me, don't tell me God doesn't work. They've never opened up a Shapiro's outside of Indianapolis. And they finally opened one up in Blue Ash. Somebody said, how did that happen? I said, I know how that happened. I'll tell you how that happened. He's an on time. Won't he do it? Hallelujah. Look at God. Look at God. Hallelujah. And, and so I said, we're going to Shapiro's in Indianapolis. And, and I didn't eat anything all day long. You know why? Because I was going to Shapiro's. I passed up all kinds of stuff. Cookies, ice cream. I didn't eat, I didn't, I didn't eat anything. Because I was waiting for Shapiro's. I'm coming to Shapiro. And when Shapiro's, when I got to Shapiro's, folks, it was a, it was a bad scene. <laughs> they have the most amazing corned beef sandwiches. Like you, you like, you get like, was it TMJ, lock jaw? <laughs> you lock your jaw trying to eat this corned beef sandwich. And there's, it's two halves. So there, you, eat, you get two sandwiches about this high. With the golden mustard on it and, and then a nice kosher pickle. It's a Jewish deli. And, and then spinach, mac and cheese, and marinated mushrooms, stuffed cabbage. This is all for me. <laughs> Poppy seed cake. Rhubarb pie. Because it's all for me. Brother Dan knew better than to even ask for me to share. I just can't. I love you, Brother Dan, but. He's looked in awe. He said, I didn't know you could eat that much food, Pastor. <laughs> but that's what you've got to do. You've got to wait till you get to the good stuff. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I know, I listen, 
I know that gossip may be juicy, but I don't want it. It'll waste my spiritual appetite. That lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, that pride of life, it may satisfy your sweet tooth for just a quick fleeting moment, but it'll leave you with diabetes. You hear what I'm preaching to you? It'll leave you with sicknesses. You need to wait for the good stuff. You need to get a hold of holiness and righteousness and joy and love and faith and peace. Hallelujah. And the power of the Holy Ghost. Hey, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. Hallelujah. I remember going to Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And I flew in. I I had to rush to the airport. And I had to skip dinner and rush to the airport. And I got in to the airport, got on my plane, got to Chicago, had to rush to my next flight, couldn't get anything to eat. Jumped on that plane Flew to Toronto, got through customs, got into Toronto. They picked me up. It was late now. My, my, uh, everything was closed in the airport, and I, I got to the, to the hotel. The hotel restaurant was closed. I was hungry. I, I went to bed. I woke up the next morning, rushed getting ready for the first service that morning. And I was still hungry. I got to the service and the preacher preached. And I know what it's like to preach to hungry people. And uh, he was preaching to a hungry man. He was one of the speakers at the conference. And I thought to myself, I'm so hungry I might eat this songbook. (laughs) And then all of a sudden this... This aroma filled the sanctuary. And, and it was a, it was, I said, wow, what is that that I'm smelling? That's, is this the sweet smelling savor unto the Lord? And somebody said, no, they're having, a, they're having a wild game dinner because it was a Canadian conference and they'd come from even the Yukon Territory and from New Brunswick and, and they were bringing in wild game and they said they brought that in, they're cooking it and, and there was a large uh, uh, there was a large population of, of Jamaican saints there in the Toronto church and the Jamaican women of God began to make jerk chicken and hallelujah, rice and peas, glory to the name. And I thought, this man of God needs to finish preaching this message. I thought I might just have to get up and shout. Close this thing down. (laughs) Glory. He finished preaching. We had a good altar call, and I walked out, and I'm following the jerk chicken. And it led me down into this basement. And when they got down into the basement, they had a continental breakfast waiting for us. I said, I know these. I said, I know these jelly donuts aren't what I'm smelling upstairs. The jerk chicken was that night. The wild game dinner was that night. What we were going to get was this continental breakfast. Folks, that's just like the devil. (laughs) 
it's just like the devil is a liar. And you'll follow his direction and you'll follow his lead and you'll end up disappointed every time. But if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, woo, you won't be disappointed. You shall be filled. One day you'll hunger no more. You'll thirst no more. He that cometh to me shall never hunger again. He that believeth on me shall never thirst again. I wonder if somebody could stand to their feet and lift their voices to God right now and call upon that name, that great name. Hunger for him, thirst for him. Hunger for him, thirst for him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Folks, it is Jesus, it is Jesus, it is Jesus who saves, it is Jesus who saves, hallelujah. I want to tell you something, I want to tell you a story as we close. Just keep the CD rolling if you could, I want this to be recorded. We were at family camp in Buckeye Lake this week. Pastor Jack Cunningham from Chesapeake, Virginia was preaching, a great man of God who has preached all around the world. He's the nephew of another great man of God, Brother Billy Cole. Brother Billy Cole preached a decade in Ethiopia and every year saw tens of thousands receive the gift of the Holy Ghost in one setting. Like in one, one time, a hundred thousand people. Bishop Buller, you went with him. Bishop Buller traveled with Brother Billy Cole to Ethiopia and watched hundreds of thousands of people gather together and tens of thousands would receive the Holy Ghost in one setting. It was amazing, absolutely amazing. When Brother Cunningham was here, we showed a video of Brother Cole describing how God opened the door for revival in the nation of Ethiopia. And hundreds of thousands of people came. And, and, and one night, there were 35,000 Muslims who came to the service. 7,000 Muslims received the gift of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Calling upon the name of Jesus. They had, to, they had to actually create walkways and, and men would stand with long poles to serve as guardrails so that the preachers could walk through because there was such a dramatic move of God and there were so many miracles and there were so many healings and so many people received the Holy Spirit that, that the people would converge on the preachers and it would make it impossible for them to get from one place to the other. So, so the pastors in Ethiopia created walkways with, with large poles and so... Pastor Cole was walking down through the walkway and a little Muslim woman came running up to the little guard pole and she had a withered hand. They got it on video. And she cried out. This little Muslim woman cried out and said, Brother Cole, Brother Cole, heal my hand. Brother Cole heard her, but he was being ushered along and he he just kind of yelled over his shoulder. He said, call upon God. And when he said that, she, she did what she knew to do. She said, Allah, Allah, 
And Brother Cole stopped. He said, no. Jesus. Call on Jesus. He is God. She said, Jesus. And her hand unfurled. It's on video. I'm going to tell you that there is no limit to what God can do with a hungry heart. But you can't just hunger and thirst after any old thing. You must hunger and thirst after righteousness. And you shall be filled. Hallelujah. I feel like if somebody would come right now, I feel like the loaves and the fishes spiritually speaking are all across the front of this house all across this building and if you'll reach out and get a hold of it you'll eat something you'll get a hold of something today that will be with you forever hallelujah 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 if you feel what I'm talking about why don't you right now lift up a praise unto God in the name of Jesus come on that's it in the name of Jesus I'm, I'm opening up this altar I want somebody to come right now I want somebody hungry somebody thirsty somebody who needs something today somebody who needs God to do something on their behalf come on that's it that's it that's it that's it that's it come on that's it that's it that's it that's it Woo! hallelujah come on come expecting come expecting come expecting Come expecting. Come expecting. Hallelujah. Lord, I'm hungry. Lord, I'm thirsty. I need a touch of God in my life. I, my family needs you, God. Come on, somebody. Bring it to him. Bring it to him right now. Bring it to him right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I need you right now. My family needs you. My children need you. My marriage needs you. In the name of Jesus, my mind needs you. God, I need peace in my home. I need a comfort in my soul. I need a healing in my body. Come on, that's it. That's it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. Woo, hallelujah. Fill me up. Go ahead and tell him. I need you to fill me up. I need you to fill me up, Lord. 